0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Murphy's League. Today's episode is going to be a recap episode covering everything that happened in the NFL for week five. Next Thursday's episode, we're going to have a preview episode as per usual, but we're also going to be talking fantasy in that one, so be sure to stay tuned. I've really gotten away from all that stuff. I had a really good weekend betting. I hope you guys rode with me and made you guys some money. It was a really entertaining week, so let's get right into it. guys so like i mentioned it was a really fun weekend for football there was a lot of really close games some not as close obviously i can't talk about them all in this podcast i am a little bit limited on time in this one so i'm going to make it fairly quick but there were some really entertaining games so let's get right into it starting off the weekend in london giants versus the packers this is an absolute surprising game to me i had no idea the Giants hadn't even had any remote chance in this one. They were down a ton of their guys. Their top four receivers, I believe, were not playing in this game. Uh, after this game, I think everyone's main takeaway was there's a lot of hype around this new Giants coaching staff, Brian Dayball leading the way. And it's really cool to see this just from a fan standpoint of the sport because obviously New York is a huge market. Their team hasn't been good in a very, very long time. Starting 4-1 is obviously a really big deal. It's a great thing for the giants to start off this hot and obviously brian dayball deserves a lot of credit for this i mean he called a lot of risky play calling in this one but it paid off the daniel bellinger touchdown being one of them that's a really risky play to call there and if you don't get it i i feel like this could be going a different direction he could be getting a lot of criticism this week but you know what it worked out they got the win um and I mean there were risky play calls on both sides. I really like what Wink Martindale, Wink Martindale, excuse me, was scheming up on defense for these guys. Uh they had that defense flying around uh, making a lot of really good plays. I like that blitzing scheme he really brought over from the Ravens system. You can really see it paying off and Example a is right at the end of the game all-out blitz cover zero ended up being a batted pass and that's how they win the game So again risky play calling, but hey when it pays off it looks good You get the W then you you're gonna get praised for it obviously Maybe some of these play calls aren't gonna go their way later in the year and they might regress a little bit But right now the Giants are looking like a damn good football team They're looking well coached and they had a lot of really big plays in this one I really liked how they played both sides of the line of scrimmage. They're a lot better in that way compared to last year. Daniel Jones is getting better protection and their D-line is seriously being really disruptive. They've got a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. Obviously, they've invested a lot of draft capital into that side of the ball. Dexter Lawrence, um, one of their longer tenured guys there, had a really, really nice game in this one. Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously, last year's fifth overall pick additionally have um aziz al-Jalari coming off the other edge so just a lot of dudes there and defensively i mean xavier mckinney is someone who continues to make plays one of the better safeties in this league daniel jones played one of the best games of his entire career in this one he was really just distributing the ball well darius slayton turned into more of a possession guy in this one which previous years we've seen him more as that deep threat that big play wide receiver but they really changed up the game in this one when he's making plays to guys like the rookie Danny Bellinger, Richie James, and Darius Slayton. That's just saying a whole lot about this offense and the scheme. This team is really bought in right now. And then of course, I can't leave this game without talking about Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, he had another amazing game in this one. He is really tearing it up this year. You can tell he's got that chip on his shoulder. People really weren't talking about him much coming in this off season. People weren't really talking about the Giants much coming into this off season. So You can tell, I mean, he is juiced. He is playing out of his mind right now. He's second in the league in rushing behind Nick Chubb. He is playing amazing so far. I believe he's first in the league in touches and first in the league in scrimmage yards, if I'm not mistaken, right now. So really impressive there. Really like what we're seeing from Saquon Barkley. The Packers offense entirely just disappeared in this one. Um, It was really weird to see whoa sorry if you guys heard that some dude just started printing i'm in a study room right now and there's a printer in here some dude just started printing when he was outside so it turned on i had no idea what the hell was going on for a second but what i was saying is the packers offense oh okay we're good the packers offense completely stalled out in the second half of this game you got to give some credit to the giants defense in that regard but it just was weird the play calling was weird there was a lot of really small like dink and dunk passes when i didn't think they'd have to be doing that type of stuff Honestly, the intermediate passing game of the Packers just really wasn't there. I think it was Sam Monson of PFF. He had a great point. The Packers are working very horizontally right now, so they can spread you, you know, left to right, and then get those shots over the top. But there's not a lot going on in their intermediate game. They're relying too much on yards after the catch. And obviously this offense is gonna come into its own. It's a little out of sync right now. The only, the most established guys there right now are their two running backs. Obviously you can't get those guys involved in every single passing down, but I think this team is gonna be fine. I still think they're really damn good. I still believe in their defense in a lot of ways. I don't think that this is by any means the best we've seen. I just think the Giants offensive line had a really good game in this one. Andrew Thomas continues to develop extremely well. Like weirdly well almost because he did not look at all like the player he looks like now he really had a pretty rough rookie year and all honestly not that you really expect tackles to just hit the ground running but we've seen that in the past that wasn't the case with andrew thomas but he is now having a legitimate all pro season he is really damn good um had a really good game last weekend and continues to just have a really good season but i mean beyond that the packers defense i still think we haven't seen the best from them i really think this is a little more fluky but either way you have to give credit to the giants they got it done they got the win so really impressed there um a lot of credit to them up next the lions versus the patriots again i'm only gonna be covering these games so quickly because i am limited on time i hope you guys do understand up next lions patriots this was the patriots game that i really was waiting for i mean Obviously, the Lions offense just completely disappeared this game, which was not what I was expecting by any means, but I still think this Patriots team can give a lot of teams problems, and I think they're a lot better than their record indicates. I've been saying this for a couple weeks now, but I mean, they've got two really solid excuse me, units in their offensive line and their defensive line. They can get a really productive run game going. We saw that even with Damian Harris being out in this game. Armandre Stevenson carried the load massively. He had over 150 yards rushing probably the best game of his career um beyond that Jacoby Myers over 100 yards with a third string quarterback that's very impressive Bailey Zappi is playing really damn well for a third string guy he's really looking like a steal in this year's draft really liked him coming out of college really liked him in the preseason I talked about him a lot talked about him in my last episode and how impressed I was with him against the Packers um But getting back to the lines of scrimmage, they're just moving people on both sides of the ball. That is the easiest way to win in this league. You need to be able to control both sides of the line of scrimmage. And the Patriots can really do that in a big way. This offensive line is really damn good. It helps their running game a ton. They work off play action in that way. And although they don't have the best Weapons on the outside, or you know, receivers, tight ends, all that. They have some guys that can really get it done. We've seen that in the past. Jacoby Myers has been very productive, Devontae Parker has been productive in the past. He's going to continue to have a really good season. Um, I really think once Mac Jones comes back into this offense, we can see things just click and move forward really well. I still think this team can be legitimately a playoff team. I think there's a will and a way where that happens. I don't know exactly how. I haven't seen the rest of their schedule, but I think there is a way where that ends up happening. I can just never count out Bill Belichick and this team at all. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, this is still a Bill Belichick-led defense. They just seem to be cranking out DBs like no other. Jack Jones had another interception in this one. He's continued to emerge as a steal in this last year's draft. Really damn good quarterback, but I mean, beyond that, they've just got some dudes. Matthew Judon supplying the pass rush, having another really, really good year. He's so productive, he's crazy, crazy underrated. If you guys don't watch Matthew Judon, turn on the film. He is so disruptive and he is so good, one of the most underrated players in this entire league, and I really do mean that. But I mean, beyond that. They're just well-coached, and we know that. They're very, very well-coached. They're going to give a lot of teams problems. And, of course, this was an absolute statement game made by the Patriots. Holding on paper, obviously, by the end of the season, they're not going to be the number one offense in in the league. But holding the number one offense in the league as of right now to zero points, that is very impressive. Not only were they the number one scoring offense, they were the number one in yards. So they really just found a good way to shut them down. Obviously, a lot of their guys were beat up in this one, which doesn't help. Um, Amaral St. Brown was on a snap count. DeAndre Swift still wasn't in this one. DJ Chark still wasn't playing in this one. But I mean, you got to give the Patriots credit. To hold them to absolutely zero points is masterful. That's... A Bill Belichick classic. We saw that last year against the Falcons. Felt like a very similar game in this one. Um, Just impressive all the way around. Very, very, very impressive. And as far as the Lions go, man, poor Lions fans. (laughs) Poor Lions fans. They just have the number one offense in the league. Doesn't translate to wins. And then once they think they have a shot at taking down, you know, the mastermind himself, Bill Belichick, they, they... absolutely fall in their face and don't even put up a fucking fight so i'm sorry lions fans if there are any of you which i doubt any of you guys listen to this podcast but that was a really rough run rough one wow that sounded weird up next the browns versus the chargers i really don't have much to say about this game other than what the actual fuck is brandon staley doing i've been very critical of him in the past and i will continue to be I hate this nonsense. It needs to stop. I don't know what the hell he's thinking, but he's just too cute. He's too confident. I like the idea of having confidence in your guys. I like the idea that no matter what, you're not going to stop us from getting, you know, this many yards on fourth and whatever it might be. But Why? It's just there's so many times where it feels like such an unnecessary risk and it legitimately has cost them games before and it should have cost them this game today or Sunday, excuse me. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it was fourth and two with like a minute some odd to go and they were in their own territory, mind you and they went for it to just ice the game out rather than just punting the ball and pinning them deep in their own territory and forcing them to drive down the field because they needed a field goal anyways. They didn't get the fourth town and then they were basically automatically in field goal range. I don't even think they needed to run another play after that. I believe they did. Um, and then the kick should have gone in. They should have lost this game. K. York should have made the walk-off field goal to win the game. They get bailed out in a huge way. The Chargers end up winning this one. But as far as the game sake, I mean, Shout out Austin, because I've been talking about him the last two weeks. He had another really good game. He's really seeming to have this offense clicking and going. I think a lot of it really does start with him, uh, which I fucking love to see as I have him in two of my fantasy leagues, and I'm very, very high on him. Also, of course, just big fan, you know, that's not a surprise at all, Austin, you're my guy. Um, And I really love what they're doing with him offensively. I obviously love this team personnel-wise. They've have some injuries right now, but I still think they can keep it competitive with absolutely any team in the league right now. The Browns, uh, kind of in a similar boat where you know I still think this team can be competitive. Obviously, Jacoby Brissett is really what's keeping them from hitting their ceiling because this roster is really damn good. Jacoby is solid, but obviously he's no top tier elite quarterback. If they had that, they would be a top tier elite team, um, but that's not really what I'm focused on in this game because the Chargers should have won this game from the get-go, but... I just can't believe that play call. I can't believe this. And it it needs to stop because I'm I'm serious right now. This team can do truly great things, they can truly make a deep playoff run if they can all stay healthy. Obviously, that's a big factor, but their coaching might be limiting them. I seriously think it might get in their way because you can't expect stuff like this to just keep going your way. You can't expect a miss field goal, you can't always get the fourth-down conversions. And the thing is. I know that all these analytics say now, like, you got to go for it on fourth down and if in this situation, in that situation, but even on the fourth down calls, their play calling just isn't great. I don't love a lot of the things they do on those fourth down play calls. Obviously, it makes some sense. You've got a rookie or a second year cornerback on one of your premier wide receivers, um, and there's a height disadvantage there, and you can kind of throw a jump ball up 50-50, but I just don't like it. I really don't like it. Call me conservative. Call me, you know, whatever. I've been watching the Bears my whole life. They play conservative all the goddamn time. It doesn't translate into a whole lot of wins. So I'm not an NFL coach. Obviously, I don't know. I can't tell these people what to do, but I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I want to see it stop. It needs to stop. This defense is good. Trust your defense. It's fucking frustrating. Up next, Cowboys versus the Rams. This was, in my opinion, the game of the weekend. This was the game that I easily made the most money off of. If you know me, I talked about it in my pod, I wish I just made it one of my best bets. I wish I fucking did it because I ended up taking it anyways, but I said in that pod, I was really, really tempted to take the Cowboys plus five and a half and that I probably would put money on it, but I wasn't going to make it one of my best bets. Well, in perspective, I totally should have done it because not only did they cover the five and a half, they kicked ass and they won by 12. It wasn't even a game that like, seriously, you can look at the numbers. You can look at the stats. They're fairly close in terms of yards and all that stuff. But this was not a game. The Rams got absolutely fucking pummeled. It was not close. They got nothing going on this going on this one on offense. Excuse me. Half their yards basically came off of two plays. One of them being Cooper Cup just being absolutely incredible, taking a slant 75 yards to the crib. By the way, Trayvon Diggs was in coverage in that one. Ouch. Um, and then Tutu Atwell with a bomb. By the way, Trayvon Diggs also in coverage in that one. Ouch. He is still an incredible corner, but goddamn it, he gets burned a lot um the cooper cup one doesn't bother me as much because one it's cooper cup he burns everyone and two it was a like again it was ridiculous play it was a one-handed snag that barely went over trayvon's hand to a 75 yard touchdown that again that's not going to happen all the time but regardless this is concerning this is very concerning if you're a rams fan i still don't think you can fully write them off because you know They've got a lot of talent. We've seen them do it before. The coach is still there. A lot of their pieces that they won with are still there. Obviously, OB, OBJ, Von Miller, are not there anymore, but the defense really isn't the problem. That's not what I'm concerned about. This offense just looks so stale and predictable, and their offensive line is getting torn apart by everyone. That's why I love this matchup so much for the Cowboys coming in this one because the Cowboys D-line... It's just ruining games right now. I mean, they are in such good shape. They're playing out of their mind. I do think they come back down to earth a little bit after a while, but I mean, Micah Parsons is just out of this fucking world. He is, I don't even think it's close. He has to be the defensive player of the year right now. He is absolutely, I wouldn't say carrying this Cowboys defense because they do have a lot of other playmakers there and their defensive line is extremely disruptive. Um, shout out Sam Williams posted that on my Instagram story if you didn't see that. But Sam Williams he had a 90 plus PFF grade this weekend as a rookie. Um, he was a second rounder coming out of Ole Miss. Someone I was really, really high on. I thought he should have been a first round pick. He probably would have been a first round pick if it wasn't for the character concerns. Um, apparently, he he had some some issues in college. I don't know the exact details, so I won't speak on it because, again, not my not my space, not my not my part to talk about, but. I mean, this Cowboys D line is just wrecking games for people. Like, it is so hard to game plan against these guys. Dan Quinn has them fired up, playing out of their minds. He really is one of, if if not, the best defensive coordinator in the game right now. It seems. And again, Micah Parsons is just the best defensive player in the game. He is absolutely incredible. A couple more sacks in this one to add to his total. He is going to have a phenomenal year in the stat sheet when it's all said and done because he does everything for this team and he's still getting to the quarterback very consistently. So jumping back to the Rams really quick though, obviously their offensive line is in shambles. Obviously Matt Stafford doesn't look nearly as good as he was. They're way too over-reliant on Cooper Cup and Tyler Higbee. That really seems to be their only guys in this passing game. But beyond that, their running game is just abysmal. It's really not there right now and If you really think about it, that's the bread and butter of this offense. They need to get back to that. They need to get back to the zone running scheme that obviously they're still running, but it's not effective right now. I think Cam Akers is still a really good talent and he still has it. I just think they're kind of moving away from that right now and they need to get back to that. They need to get the run established. They need to work off play action, get that pressure off of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and it'll open up the rest of the offense. I'm really expecting to see a turn in the next couple weeks and have them running the ball a lot more, get their confidence back in some of their offensive linemen, get their confidence back in their running backs, and their quarterback, just everything. I think this offense is going to flow much, much better if they really get this running game going. And obviously, on the Cowboys' side of the ball, Dak Prescott may be coming back this weekend, um, and that's, that's there's not a decision there. Let's be honest with ourselves, guys. This is not a decision. Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Cooper Rush, I'm sorry but it's true, Cooper Rush is doing enough to get it done, but he's not lighting up the stat sheets, he had 90 yards in the fourth quarter last week because that defense and that running game was absolutely carrying him. By the way, and someone's printing again, one second guys, sorry about that guys, It's they keep doing it from outside so like I don't even know when they're going to do it so it's just like, you know, one second I'm talking and the next like, anyways. Anyways, Cooper Rush is not going to start a quarterback in Dallas. This is not a discussion. Dak Prescott is better. Tell me she's not doing it again. Okay, cool. (laughs) Dak Prescott is the better quarterback. It's without question that he's the better quarterback. And Tony Pollard is also the better running back. That's something I wasn't really fully ready to say until pretty recently, but that's also facts. The problem is there's so much more money invested in Dak and there's so much more I guess just like team investment in Dak right now. They're they're gonna start Dak. It's it's Dak is more talented. He's faster, stronger, got a better arm. Um The only one thing you can maybe compare is their decision-making. There's sometimes that Dak just doesn't make the right calls. Cooper Rush seems to be really on his P's and Q's with that, but he's so familiar with this offense. It's not going to look much different. Cooper Rush has been there. He was literally in the quarterback room with this offensive coordinator, with Dak Prescott, so they all know each other very well. Kellen Moore is obviously going to adjust the game plan to do what Dak likes, to do what Cooper Rush likes. Um, I'm just really impressed with this team as a whole because I didn't think they were going to be this competitive. I still don't think they're going to be like legitimate contenders. Oh, shit. Legitimate contenders or anything like that? Sorry, I dropped my hat. But I mean, it's a damn good football team. They're going to be just about as good as they were last year. They might make a playoff berth because this NFC is still not looking very strong. And it's weird to say... The NFC East is the most surprising division to me right now, and it's not even close. I thought the Giants were going to be bad. I thought the Cowboys were going to regress a lot from last year. Um, I thought the Eagles were going to be good, but I didn't think they are going to be like best team in the league good, which is really what they're looking like right now, second or third best at least. Um, so I don't know what to make this NFC East. I do think, again, it, it corrects itself a little bit, and these teams aren't going to look as dominant by the time the year ends as they do right now, but I mean, fuck Who would have thought the NFC East is a fucking powerhouse. They're kicking ass. They're taking names. They're looking, they're all three of those teams are looking really good. And yeah, I only said three because Washington's probably the worst team in the league right now, if not like second or third worst. Um, Poor, poor, poor Washington. Poor, poor Washington. Um, There's a lot going on in Washington. I don't even want to talk about them because frankly, they're not very relevant. I'm sorry, but they're just not. Um, Up next... I guess I, I mean I guess to close the, close out my final thoughts on the Cowboys and the Rams. Cowboys are really surprising me with their defense. That is a legit Super Bowl defense. I'm not saying they're a legit Super Bowl team, but that defense is legit Super Bowl caliber defense led by Micah Parsons, one of my favorite, if not my favorite player in the league. Straight up, he is so fucking good. And this Rams team is really concerning right now. I think how they fix it is they get the running game going, um, and everything works off of that. I'm not fully selling my stock on them, but I am very concerned. Up next, got to talk about my Bears. They played the Vikings this weekend in actually a surprisingly close game. Um, my biggest takeaways from this, and this does sound kind of ironic, but I'm selling my Viking stock and I'm buying the Packers. That sounds weird. The Vikings are currently first in the NFC North. Um, they beat the Packers in week one, so they have a strong lead over the NFC North. It's not like they're just. They haven't played each other yet and they've got like one more win over them, man it's like that no they have one more win and they have a straight up dub over them but this vikings team is just not convincing me that they are you know the best team in this division right now it's not convincing um the vikings i still think they're pretenders i still think the packers should be favorites in the nfc north This game should not have even been close. A lot of the Vikings games should not have even been close. And they've been finding ways to screw themselves up, shoot themselves in the foot. And I mean, this is a perfect example. Kirk Cousins literally started this game like absolutely perfect. I believe he was like 16 for 16. We were getting torn to shreds. We went down. Um, If I'm not mistaken, like 17-3, I don't have the box score up in front of me, but I'll pull it up right now. This shouldn't have been a game is what I'm trying to say. This should not have been a game. The Vikings should have absolutely pulled away from this one. They were actually scheming up pretty nice on defense too, considering, you know, the bears one strength on offense, if you even want to call it that is our running game. Our running game really did get going in this one, or really didn't get going in this one, excuse me. The Vikings played that really, really well. And so with all those factors, you would think that this game just should not have even been close, but they let Justin Fields just do a few too many things and justin fields probably had the best game of his season so far i want to say that thank god we saw some promise from him because i was seriously getting concerned about this one he played great especially in the second half had a couple really really big splash plays obviously the catch to darnell mooney is the play of the game even though they lost it's still the play of the game um it's obvious this coaching staff still doesn't really trust him i really thought they could have let him air it out a little bit more and just just use his abilities a little bit more. I love what he's doing on the ground with his legs, by the way. But I mean, I can't really blame him after what I've seen from the past few weeks, but I really liked what I saw from him here. If you're a Bears fan, you have to be at least a little bit excited about that, the least bit happy, because again, he was not looking good at all there for a little bit. But of course, this game just hurts so bad because who knows if we actually do go on to drive all the way down the field and score a touchdown. But Amir Smith-Marset would just... Just a terrible play at the worst of times. Like, what are you even trying to get more yards for? It's so frustrating. He got a catch on the sideline. They're running out of time. I don't think the Bears had any timeouts at this point. He should have just fully stepped out of bounds. He kept fighting for yards. Um, He shoved, he stiff-armed Cam Dantzler. Cam Dantzler proceeded to get up and then strip him for a fumble, which ended up icing the game, and that's how the Vikings won it. So just get the fuck out of bounds. It's just like, what are you thinking? It's so simple. Like, yeah, don't fumble the ball, but don't even be in bounds. Don't even make it an option for them. You're running out of time anyways. What are you doing? Like, oh man, it was really frustrating. And again, who knows what even happens to that drive if, you know, we score a touchdown. If we don't, we probably don't. But it's just the idea that we could have had that opportunity and it was just blown and Again, it wasn't Fields' fault. Fields did not throw an interception in this one. He did not have a bad game all in all. Um, And the reason why they lost this game was not because of him. It really wasn't. And I just think this Vikings team is a bunch of pretenders. They should be winning games by a lot more. Um, And I really, really just don't like what I saw from them. Um, I was expecting them to absolutely blow out the Bears in this one, and they absolutely should have blown out the Bears in this one, but it was a lot closer than it needed to be, and that is definitely concerning if you're a Vikings fan. Um, I still think they're pro- they're above average. They're They're a good team in this league, but if you want to win this division, you can't be selling yourself short like this. They can't be choking up games like this, and they got to just make some statements, and this is a game that you absolutely could have made a statement in, and they didn't do that. Finally, actually, two more games here. Damn, I'm running out of time. I gotta make this quick. I'm talking too much. Um, Two more games here. First off, Bengals versus the Ravens. I just want to say what a great game. What a great game plan by both teams. Really liked how both these teams played each other in a lot of ways. This is the type of game I really think of when I think of the AFC North. Just a shit ton of smash smash mouth football. Not a lot of big plays. Just sound defense. Great play calling defensively, and. I really call it the play calling, particularly defensively, because both of these teams did a really good job just containing the opponent's quarterback. They just they kept him from taking over this game because both of these quarterbacks can absolutely do that. We all know Lamar, what he can do with his legs, but also his arm. I mean, he's a, incredibly capable of big plays and taking the top off defenses. We all know the Bengals. That was really their bread and butter towards the end of last year, just big plays, splash plays, uh, their weapons just making... You know plays that's all I can say just making big plays for them and the bangles are sorry The Ravens did a really good job of just containing that in this one um, And again the Bengals did on the Mars end too And of course, it had to end in a Tucker kick, so fitting, the GOAT sending it off, walking off the Ravens at the end of regulation. Um, But seriously, both these teams are going to be contenders at the end of the day. Both these teams are going to be just fine. I am so looking forward to seeing these teams play again later in the year because it's going to be a dogfight. Um, Just a really, really competitive game, two really, really competitive teams that are going to be good for a long, long time. also want to say before i mean i really don't have that much to say in this game i mean i'm reading my notes here and i feel like i just don't like really need to include any of this um i've got like some breaking down some plays i really like how hayden hurst fits into this offense for the Bengals. i like what joe Mixon got going a lot on the ground it felt like they could have relied on him a little more in this one um, I love what they're doing with Devin DuVernay. Devin DuVernay seriously slid himself as a solid wide receiver in this league. Obviously, no Rashad Bateman in this one, so you got to give him a ton of credit. We all know how good Mark Andrews is and how great of a connection him and Lamar have. We saw that again in this one and how much Lamar just trusts him, how well they scheme him up. Um, it's like the Travis Kelsey thing where it's like, How the fuck does this guy keep getting open? He's not even that fast. He's not that elusive of a route runner, but he's just always in the right place at the right time and his coaching staff knows how to use him so well. So just got to give him a lot of credit there. But I also want to say before I move on to this one, if T Higgins is playing this game, I think it could be a lot different. I think him being out really, really hurt the Bengals in this one. And I'm not saying that it's for sure one way or another, because obviously you never know. We'll, We'll literally never know. but. I do think it's a lot bigger deal than people realize. T Higgins is a legit wide receiver one. He is wide receiver one B to Jamar Chase's wide receiver one A. And I think this game could have gone a little bit differently if they had him in this one. Up next. Oh dude, I got like four minutes before my parking pass runs out. I got to make this quick. Um, Oh shit. And I still got to like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about this really quickly. Um, Up next we have the Raiders versus the Chiefs. So this was I guess this is just everything you wanted to see if you're a Raiders fan, but you just didn't win the game. It hurts so bad. It's very Raiders like, and it sucks to see because the Raiders were obviously this team that was getting a bunch of hype coming into the year. Um, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. By the way, both those guys had monster games in this one. Like, really. Chandler Jones didn't really put up the numbers, but he was so disruptive in this one. He was constantly at the ankles of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was under a ton of pressure from him. So. Definitely what you love to see as a Raiders fan, obviously Devontae Adams, two huge plays in this one. Um, that's exactly what you're wanting to see. But I mean, they just, it didn't matter. They didn't get it done and it sucks so bad because it's like, again, this is like everything you ever wanted. You were keeping up with the Kansas City Chiefs in air out. You started off so well, I believe it was 14, nothing at one point. Um, Everything looked like it was finally clicking. I mean, the offensive line was pushing the defensive, the Chiefs' defensive line around. Not what we were seeing earlier in the year. Their offensive line looked really, really shaky. Their defensive line, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, all over the place, getting tons of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, um, particularly in the first half. They kind of disappeared in the second half, but that's neither here nor there. The Chiefs' offense just kind of woke up and found a lot more ways to keep Patrick protected. Um, but... Again, it just didn't matter. This is exactly the type of game that you got all these guys for. This is the type of game that you went out and paid these guys for. You made all these moves for, you hired the new head coach for, and you had a shot at the very end of the game for with a two point conversion to take the lead and possibly win the game. But it's not how it works out. You end up losing anyways. And then additionally, after that, you had another chance to win the game, but it didn't end up working out that way either. So it's just man it's so frustrating if you're a raiders fan i i totally understand why that is just such a painful loss um god people just want to keep printing bullshit today i'm sorry guys i was fucking waiting for way too long on that one i completely lost my train of thought all i remember talking about last was this was the game you won as a raiders fan this is the game and it didn't end up working out that way so i mean gotta give credit to the kansas city chiefs they're still one of if not the best team in the league obviously travis kelsey completely took over this game, probably won a lot of people their fantasy matchups. He is still one of, if not the best, tight end in the league. But regardless, Patrick Mahomes just doing his thing, staying patient. And that's the thing with this Kansas City Chiefs. Again, we all know this, but you can just never count them out. It really looked like the Raiders were just going to find a way to just continue to score the ball, um, continue to establish themselves. But I mean, even when they were up 17-3 or whatever it was, it really didn't look like the Chiefs would ever be out of it we all know how quickly they can score we all know how fast they can flip a field and their defense still has a ton of playmakers on it as we saw already Nick Bolton continues to shine in this league he is one of if not the best young back young linebacker in the league not named Micah Parsons so really impressive there But regardless, that's going to be it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry it was a little shorter than usual, and I couldn't cover as much as I wanted to. But again, I'm in a little bit of a rush. I've been super goddamn busy recently, so just bear with me. I'm trying to get more involved on Instagram and all that stuff. But with school and work, um, it's really hard to find time to squeeze it all in. So I'll keep you guys posted. I might be moving on from my job here fairly soon just because need some more time. They've got me working a fool. So not really about it anymore, but either way, hopefully I'll get more content out for you guys. Hopefully I'll be using the Instagram a lot more because I'm going to be trying doing that in the future. If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to like this podcast, follow this podcast and follow my Instagram at Murphy's League. Share this to your friends and family. If you do care to do so, I'd appreciate it a lot. And that's going to be it for me guys. Peace out.